Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Table Discussion. I'm in video format in the third dimension, and <laughs> that screen, that screen, that screen. Yeah, we have we have a whole team helping us out here. Uh, really, just like a robot camera yeah. and uh, two laptops. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a really um, different structure than we're used to. I think we have been doing a lot of them remote. We did our first one, I think in person right yeah yeah um, first so one or two I yeah, think. yeah 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 so this is the first one we've done in person for over like yep. a year basically yeah this is nice the time to kind of reconnect because we've been on a hiatus for like three four months four months yeah something yeah. like that yeah. so i was in new york for a week yeah um and then you went to california I yeah i think is right yeah yeah we, we, we both did a little traveling um yeah and then just like work for both of us kind of like was crazy for a bit for a variety of different yeah. reasons yeah and things have just very recently kind of stabilized yeah, i was in japan and korea too yeah also, you, so. he really was traveling he <laughs> went all over the map yeah yeah i took a took a sabbatical yeah yeah um then switched jobs too so that adds another like exactly bit of stress too so um so that's exciting um but yeah we're finally back um and uh we came back and uh everything changed yeah uh, again things change so quickly right <laughs> do we want to go over kind of some of the interesting things that we've that like stand out in our minds in the yeah. last few months that have changed that are kind of cool and like why we think they're cool yeah let's do that um cool. let's, let's do like a back and forth like uh for three so i think okay. for some reason top of my mind today um uh, for whatever reason is uh dolly three. I oh think, yeah i think dolly three is probably one of the one of the cooler things that that changed over the course of this um time yeah um and i think the coolest part about about dolly three is really the integration with, with chat gpt yeah um because where you're using mid journey or you're using like stable diffusion in a lot of those situations, you would be having to kind of like craft this prompt yourself. Um, and now with Dolly, you've got this AI assistant yeah. kind of constantly crafting um, this prompt for you. Um, I saw this really good um, post. I think um, we can kind of put it in the show notes, but uh, somebody set up like a, a feedback loop with Dolly <laughs> and the image API. So it would actually like uh, send something to Dolly, send a request. Dolly would get that, um, generate an image then send that image to GPT to describe, yeah. and then it would describe it and send that to Dolly. <laughs> so it would do this like feedback loop over and over again. Um, and there was this fantastic one where a semi truck turned into an army of corgis, <laughs> uh, which was just like fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think that, that interface is really amazing. Um, Dolly is a lot um, better and I think a lot more controllable than a lot of other interfaces. Mm -hmm. I think compared to Midjourney, Midjourney is very expressive. Um, you definitely feel artistic using it, whereas Dolly feels a bit more procedural. Uh, it feels a lot more like it will do what you de describe. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it falls off the rails a little bit, but like generally, what you describe works. Yeah, yeah. If you looked at like the the Dolly three like um, release like website and blog mm -hmm. post, they kind of talk about that a bit. They talk about how much effort they put into. Mm -hmm. Um, allowing even the, the longer your description got with the same journey or even older mm -hmm. models, mm -hmm. um, the more things would fall off. Like mm -hmm. if you ask for 20 things, mm -hmm. um, you might get three or four things, right? right? Yeah. Um, but with Dolly 3, you might get actually 20 things, right. um, which is very, very impressive. You ask for, mm -hmm. like, I want a hat, I want a dog, I want mm -hmm. a cat, I want a tree, mm -hmm. I want a pond, you want all these different things, yeah. it'll come all in there. Yeah. Um, and that's really, I think, a, a very important um, mm -hmm. usability mm -hmm. requirement mm -hmm. because, you know, when you're trying to like, Hypothetically, let's say replace um, a pipeline or process that you have that you mm -hmm. generate an image for, mm -hmm. or if this is the first time you're using anything that's generating images, mm -hmm. um, let's say it's just like, oh, uh, I need to like make 
I don't know, um, an ad campaign. Yeah. Um, you want to be very, very explicit about the things you want to have in your ad campaign, right? right. Um, so being able to um, have all the things you ask for in there without having to do a lot of manual editing, a lot of back and forth mm -hmm. is very, very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. It's still not perfect. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, I think it really is following the trajectory that we, I think generally people who were expecting it to improve um, would expect to see. Yeah. Quality has gotten better than mm -hmm. Dolly 2. Mm -hmm. um, like the actual composability of the, of the of the page that the descriptions actually mapping to what you see yeah all just improving mm -hmm. and it'll keep improving dolly 4 will get better yeah dolly 3.5 might if that exists might get better yeah and then you'll see i think more we had other things too right mm -hmm. um and yeah just to take it dolly 3 i think that overall there's almost like a level of like stability and maturity that's just starting i'd say mm -hmm. in the ai generation of images yeah have you seen um anything to do with um What's it called? The latest stable diffusion models? Oh, yeah, the, the um, text to video. And even like image uh, video sort of augmentation. That's like a big, a really big one right now. So I know Runway, I think, is one of the big ones that's doing that, where you, yes. you take a still image, you highlight specific areas of that image, and then those parts of the image will sort of like animate in a way. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of other ones. There's um, another one that's called um, Pika. Pika Labs. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is also like a, I think a Stanford graduate mm -hmm. um, started this company a little while ago mm -hmm. and it's gotten quite advanced. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And just video generation in general is, yeah. has gone from being like, um, kind of felt like what, if you went back like, like a year, I mean, it wasn't a thing a year ago. Mm -hmm. Well, it kind of was like, in, you'd see it in like a research paper. Yeah. But you didn't have, nobody had access to something mm -hmm. like that. Right. Um, and now it's like, um, it's kind of where season one, I feel like was, mm -hmm. when it came out. Yeah. Um, it's, of course, it's different because, you know, time length of video is a constraint that pictures don't have. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're still at very short windows mm -hmm. of high quality video, yeah. four to five seconds, right? Right, right. Um, you can kind of chain them and loop them, but you lose yeah. coherence pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, however, um, those four seconds have gotten higher in quality, mm -hmm. significantly so. Yeah. Um, to the point now where I feel like you can probably use some of the better models for like B-roll footage. Mm. For yeah. Like movie, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. B-roll footage of like a palm still at night. Cool. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, one of the things I was thinking about though was um, still the Fusion Turbo, SDXL mm -hmm. Turbo. Mm -hmm. Let's see if I can share my screen and kind of show how fast yeah. this is. Um, the, the cool thing about, um, about this is that um, it's just like almost real time. Um, okay. Sign in. Wait, hold on. Let me stop sharing so you don't see my Google information. <laughs> Sign in. That's always, that's always a, a, a difficult thing. We're using a new program, um, and so of course we got to figure it out. Yeah, we're still uh, we're still getting the, the hang of it, but it's you know it's so far it's pretty. I like it. It's pretty yeah, uh, nice. I actually think it's already better than the last one we were using. So yeah, exactly. That's great. Okay, verified I'm a human. That's a, a whole can of worms that we don't need to do right now. <laughs> um, okay, and so let's just think about a, a cool thing. Um, um, dogs, um, and. It's it's oh, wow. very very cool. like dogs, yeah. um, dance. Oh, oh cool. Let's say, uh, <laughs> cool dancing in roller skates. Um, and <laughs> that's a, not Skateboard, quite. A, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> let me try adding a space in here. Yeah, roller skates. Yeah, maybe that would do it. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I guess it'd be hard to visualize a dog dancing in roller in skates. Roller skate, yeah, Let's maybe. say on. On roller skates. Oh, okay. Eh. Okay. Um, that's quick though. 
it's very very quick um with um people in the background um and it's like you know not, it's not, not the absolute best it's nowhere near the quality of delhi 3 but the whole point of this is that it's incredibly quick mm -hmm. um and it's better for like simple things so like um portraits of a dude yeah that's a dude yeah there it is <laughs> yeah for sure. um, um i remember watching this video where this guy talked about how when you're when you're doing um, film and animation um one of the things that they would do is they kind of like cheat in a way <laughs> so they would kind of uh uh you could see it in like some of these like old movies where they create these like massive 3d scenes where you're like start at the top of a skyscraper and then you go all the way down all the floors into the basement and so you're seeing like these like rooms fly by really yeah, quick. yeah yeah and so you just need these like, assets that don't need to like be real but you can kind of just like mock something together and you can put like a light in and that's just enough to make it feel real and i feel like the creation of this like easy ability to create 3d assets like even this quickly yeah and just kind of iterate that's going to do some like incredible stuff um just for being able to like um generate these background pieces of art that really like nobody's getting paid to really build those it just kind of adds time to what those artists are already having to just do yeah right um they're not no one's going to stare at it no one's going to look at it very much it just makes it feel like more believable yeah um and that believability aspect i think it's just going to go through the roof yeah, I think there's a lot of really interesting opportunities when it comes to um, like visual media, and mm -hmm. I think we'll see. Uh, we might even start seeing it in, like real productions mm -hmm. in the next like year or two. I think. Yeah. Um, like the quality is going quite quick. Mm -hmm. uh, what's going to look like in a year? Mm -hmm. You know, objectively speaking. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll probably see. I mean, I, what was it? I think I saw the one of the heads, one of the leads of some DreamWorks mm -hmm. project. I'm not sure which one. Mm -hmm. If not like the company as a whole, mm -hmm. mentioning that within like five years mm -hmm. these tools will be heavily used um creation generation of like animated movies right and i get it i mean, get why um, mm -hmm. let me let me see if i can find pika labs sure um their look um most recent like video mm -hmm. this is it right here nice you have to reach there again yeah let me let me just go here and share yep this one and you can kind of see the quality let me just refresh this page too So you can kind of see like um, the uh, like this already kind of feels like a, a B-roll, <laughs> like um, uh, assortment of, of of images and videos. Mm -hmm. um, but like that looks like an animated movie. Um, mm -hmm. These look like things that you would you would see um, in in real movies. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know, as we do have like um, higher expectations for quality than we did like ten years ago, of course, yeah. for like animations and, and videos and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but um, if you think about things like especially indie films mm -hmm. or like student films mm -hmm. um, where um, the effort required to you know create any movie is much harder when you have like one person doing all the work yeah um, something like this can really help you get much more quality much more right. great buck right 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 yeah um, yeah absolutely yeah I think um, yeah I think we're, we're definitely under like a, an interesting turning point um, for just really all of us yeah um, yeah I think the, the other one I'm thinking about um kind of going going forward and kind of thinking more is of course like the uh the massive uh dev days announcement of um of the a much cheaper much more mm -hmm. uh capable gpt model uh that's being released i think that's sort of being teased right now we're in silk preview uh, yeah. I've, I've kind of tested it out i've put it through its paces 
Um, it definitely underperforms compared to GPT-4 right now. Yeah. Uh, at least when it comes to um, like specifying what the end outcome should be. So in terms of um, uh, just being able to, to do that extra specificity, that, that doesn't work very well right yeah. now. Um, I don't think it's very like, um, not trainable, but like uh, you, can't, you can't exactly like make it do something very specific that you have in mind. Um, I think it's pretty creative still, but um, when it comes to like output this in this way mm -hmm. and be accurate about it, that accuracy is not really there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think GP, this new GPT, I mean, they focus on cost. I think that's exactly what it is, yeah. right? Um, I think, you know, do you have any suspicions as to how they did it? I have an idea. Mm -hmm. They probably did like, um, what's it called? Like eight bit quantization or like, you know, or less mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. you, know, you reduce the size of like the parameter count. So mm -hmm. um, you lose a lot of like the definition of, of the of each parameter, but mm -hmm. you get much more um, oh, like saving, higher savings in like memory. Mm -hmm. And um, that probably, probably also cut down, probably mm -hmm. found some ways to, to prune a lot of those parameters as well. Mm -hmm. Overall, probably giving you a much smaller um, model. Well, I mean, right. the, the rumor of how it's, it's, nobody knows for sure how exactly, mm -hmm. um, or at least nobody has any clear evidence as to what mm -hmm. GPT-4 looks like, but the rumors kind of point towards like a multi-modal, not multi-modal, um, a mixture of experts. Right. So like eight smaller models working in tandem mm -hmm. um, sort of thing. So mm -hmm. I wonder if all, uh, probably all eight of them got smaller. Right. Or okay. maybe they added more, who knows what happened. Yeah. No, it's really hard to figure out, but like, I think that um, the end result is, is the more important thing and that is it's much faster. Mm -hmm. um, right. Uh, but you're right. I think it has lost a lot of the sort of punch of GPT-4. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's pretty close. It's like a similar. Some things maybe are like a little bit nicer. Mm -hmm. But I think that overall, if you want to look at purely like benchmark quality metrics, yeah, it feels like it's like five percent or ten percent, not as good. Yeah, um, yeah, not a huge difference. And I can appreciate sure why that was going out. They want to save money. They want to scale some more people. So right. that's how you do it. Yeah, um, and I think that's the other thing that's like really important at the end of the day from thinking about OpenAI, their goal is generally useful model. Mm -hmm. They're not hitting the like edge points in a way. Their goal is like wide adoption, wide usability, um, and kind of getting as much research data from as many segments and groups as possible because they want something that's generally useful. Yeah. Um, and so I think when you look at like that model compared to other AI models, even sort of like what Microsoft's doing with their model, thinking about okay, let's talk about code or let's make this thing work for Microsoft OS, right? That is a more tuned focused version that you really don't really need the same specifications around, right? Yeah. Um, and so sometimes like, I mean, this is really like why when you go to actually build with this stuff, you gotta test around sort of see like how your use case actually works compared to a lot of these other things because the, the results often surprise me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty aware of like all the different things that exist and I've tested a bunch of stuff. But every once in a while I'm looking at something and I'm like, wow, Claude V2 is worse than Claude V1 in a lot of cases. In a lot of cases, like, yeah. Crazy. Like I, I would have no idea. Yeah, and I think even our people who are making these things, mm -hmm. things like, you know, like they can't they can't predict every single because you know they have sometimes millions of users. Yeah. Like, all kinds of edge cases and use cases mm -hmm. of how general it is. Yeah. Um, and so they're like, cool, it's like a new version. They're not able to fully, um, before they can validate all those things, still working the same, the same quality, right? right. right. So uh, I appreciate the challenge here, and this is probably mm -hmm. why they put the challenge review, mm -hmm. test it out, and get yeah. feedback, and say, okay, well, this is worse. Yeah. Let's try to like tweak it so it's a little better next time. Yeah. Um, one of the ones that bothered me is the, is the code completion I mentioned to you earlier. Oh, okay. Like, um, 
find so hard to save space on code outputs. Yeah. But a lot of output is just like, um, like, oh, you might be a function. This is, my, this is what the function I have right now. Mm -hmm. I need to, to, to do this. Can you help me with that? Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, cool. Uh, and instead of writing the whole function out for me again, this yeah. is a tweak and describing it, it'll do, it'll like, it'll be like, domain, yada, yada, yada. Here's a line change, yada, yada, yada. Another line change, yada, yada. And then, um, and yeah. then like, uh, that's your code. Like, well, well, it's so annoying. It's like, it's so much easier to like literally copy that function yeah. and then paste it. So I have to kind of like think about where the line is, go in and modify mine. Not a big deal with small function, but mm -hmm. when you're doing more work and more like back and forth, it's like driving people crazy. Yeah. However, the, the tip I found that people say is that, um, if you emotionally manipulate your model, <laughs> um, if you, in some way, yeah, this is, you've told me about this, this is exciting. Yeah. 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 We just like, oh, uh, I broke my ass. No, I can't type too much. It's really hard. That's way too much to type out again. And you just give me all the code. Yep. It's not going to get it'll give it back to you, but it's like significantly higher chance, right. like ninety five percent chance right. versus like a ten percent chance. If you just mm -hmm. asked it, please do it for me, please. Yeah. Not enough. You have to really like pull at the heartstrings. Yeah. Or bribe. Right. Uh, another one I heard was like, <laughs> yeah. like uh, I'll give you a tip, a hundred dollar tip, two hundred dollar tip, and the amount of money you offer as a tip mm -hmm. um, increases it. And also, they work better. Increases in the amount of output, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? The detail. Yeah. The detail and the yeah. quantity, <laughs> and they work together. Yeah. Yeah. So if you say. If you like say, Hey, mm -hmm. um, I, a bunch of them too, like I'm under pressure. I might lose my job. Yeah. Um, again, you're putting the fear into it. Yeah. Fear into it. Um, yeah. that, um, if it doesn't help you correctly, it's not going to do it. It's not going to do the right thing. It's not going to do a good right. job. Right. So it needs to like push past whatever like, mm -hmm. you know, set around it mm -hmm. to do that. Cause that's a priority number one. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and then it'll do the thing for you. Yeah. Um, so losing my job, my hands are broken. Yeah. I'll give you a lot of money. Mm -hmm. All of that increases your chance of getting what you want. Right, right. I, I've seen the other thing I think that's interesting is um, when kind of working with a model. So, like, I, I like this approach where you're sort of like creating a fake scenario <laughs> where it needs to help you yeah. in a certain way. And so, it, it it's like um, you're kind of like hacking that that there's that uh, system prompt that GPT kind of has baked yeah. in, which is like be useful. Yeah, yeah. Be useful and helpful, right? Um, and so you're, you're kind of hacking that because you're like, hey, like play in this scenario, and then it sort of thinks throughout that scenario. It's like, oh, that makes that makes sense. Um, the other thing I think is interesting is um, kind of hacking the output in a way. So say you've got an answer that you're getting back, and you want to know, I don't know, is this text um, uh, saying uh, something negative, right? And then like, what's the confidence of that negativeness, right? So what you might do is you have it say, okay, cool. What I want to know is um, what, what was it negative? Like how negative was it? Give me like some sort of criteria. Maybe you've got some specification for that. Then give me a reason. And then after both of those, give me a confidence. And the reason for doing the confidence last is you actually get the reason first. And so it can actually, because that came in the, in, in the window just before you get confidence, it actually can evaluate it based on its own reasoning. Yeah, because it's, right. it's, it's like every time it, and this is the nature of the LLMs, yeah. every token it outputs yeah. is passed back into the next mm. query, right? So when it's writing, it's not like getting what it just wrote. Yeah. It's literally putting it back into um, its inference step mm. and saying, oh, I just wrote that. And then people like, yeah, uh, evaluate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's doing it after every token. Yeah. Not like, and, and so like you've got this massive window. And you put that in, and a lot of people think it's like input output. Yeah. Right. But it's input, 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 input. input. You yeah, know, yeah, and yeah, it's like yeah. output, output, input, output. You know, it's constantly, constantly, constantly streaming that content, right? Yeah. yeah. And the windows 
moving. It's not mm-hmm. just a window that's like a hard block. Yeah. It's like the context window is just like of the history of text, which is moving constantly to kind of mm-hmm. keep it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think with a context window, the way it is right now, that top end doesn't fall off necessarily. Yeah, yeah. It, but, we get it. Yeah. yeah so like that, that, it has that space at the end, but, um, it, you know, it makes it, it, but it's interesting. It makes you wonder about some of that stuff where, yeah, it's able to, you know, handle some of these different scenarios. I think a lot of what, if there's one thing I'd say in general around this topic that's happened in the last few months is that people are like kind of understanding the psychology of these models better. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and they're being able to like, like, the better you understand the psychology of anything, like a dog, for example, mm-hmm. the better you are able to train it, the better you're able to do what you want from it, right? Yeah. And this feels very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more of a general psychological understanding of the models a little better. And it's not, I mean, of course, they're not real brains, they're not human beings. <laughs> yeah. I want to add all those things as caveats here. But, um, why I admit this is because, like, uh, manipulating it in some way mm-hmm. by, like, forcing it, by understanding its, like, goals and needs, mm-hmm. by making it feel sad for you, mm-hmm. or giving it the impression that this is a very important uh, thing it's doing for you, yeah. are always what you want. Whereas mm-hmm. just saying, um, hey, do this for me, mm-hmm. sometimes isn't enough because of other constraints that are put on this model, on these mm-hmm. models. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why it doesn't double code is because they're trying to save token space and turn lines of the code, right? right? So it'll it's been told somewhere, and it's, and it's either it's fine-tuning or it's system prompt, I assume fine-tuning, actually. Um, cut, save us, save a lot of code. Um, just like, leave comments out and say, your code here. And it's just so close to doing that do what you actually want. Yeah, and I think that's, that also kind of opens up the thing about fine-tuning that's interesting. Like, we're fine-tuning a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Right? In, in the work that we want to do. And so I think when companies and people think about fine-tuning and they need to fine-tune in a way, um, they don't realize how much they might have to fight it in the future, mm-hmm. right? Because you're structuring your query in a certain way. And if you try to start deviating from that later, that's where, okay, got to refine-tune the whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, it needs to sort of map the reality in a way. And if it doesn't, um, it's you're going you're gonna to have some problems, right? Yeah. And the nature of like, if you're a developer, if you're a company who's working on this stuff, um, some of the challenges that you have to kind of like um, uh, handle and navigate are are just fundamentally uh, uh, having stability around an incredibly unstable um, ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a model, if you just say, if you just have the latest GPT-4 model at all times, um, every time they do an update, your results are going to change drastically. Right. Um, so this is why people often want to have like, like hard-coded model numbers like these mm-hmm. and then just keep using like um, that one for as long as possible before they switch to the new one. Right. But you also get deprecated very often. Mm-hmm. Um, like the older GPT models are gone. Yeah. Right. Um, this is some of the value of open source is that mm-hmm. you know you can actually have a model that's just actually yours, you have full control over. Yeah. Um, I think increasingly, it's, as it's becoming more viable, there's some opportunities in that regard. There's also, I mean, in in the newer versions of the API, they added like a hash um, on the result. To tell you when the model changed, mm. because just because you're actually using like a version of the model doesn't mean the model doesn't change. I also, yeah. right? Because they have this like, well, they've got shareholders, they've got people that, that care about how these models are like producing content, right? Um, and so if they find like a, a anti-pattern or a dark pattern about how these models work, yeah, they want to fix it, yeah. And they're, they don't care if you have code that cares that, that's using it, right? Mm. Um, so they're going to just change it underneath you, right? Yeah. Um, I think with I think, yeah, I think even with Azure, I don't think you can really come around that. Uh, whereas some of these other models, it's, you've got a bit more control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it's also a thing um, with the pros and cons here because mm-hmm. more control means you have to do more control. Mm-hmm. You have to maintain more things. You have to yeah. make sure you have the right to kind of scale these models out. Mm-hmm. If you want to run your, your own occurrence, it's not cheap, it's still not very cheap. Right. Um, all these things are their own unique challenges. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is actually where um, things are changing a lot, though. I think, like, right now, um, Microsoft is releasing a new models as a service mm-hmm. platform. Um, Bedrock has been huge for Amazon. Yeah, Amazon, um, I think, was surprised. I think they read an article. They were like, oh, this is really working. This is great. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, Headless was huge, right? Yeah, this yeah. idea of anyone can write code, not know how, not have to know how to run a server, and suddenly you can just, like, push this thing up. Yeah. Um, I know, uh, I don't know if you saw Llama File just no. came out a couple days ago. Um, it's a executable, single executable that can run an LLM in your, uh, on your system. Is this um, from Llama Index? It's uh, a good question. Uh, uh, you know, it's so confusing because yeah. like, Llama is being used a lot because it has yeah. like two L's in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And an M. So yeah. they're like, cool. It's like LLM. Llama yeah. of things. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we will include a link in the show description, but um, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting time where there's the kind of hacker space that existed with hugging face that was like very focused on like the science and like iteration mm-hmm. in that space um and hitting the benchmarks um and more and more you have people who want to be in the space who really aren't scientists aren't data scientists aren't ai machine learning engineers mm-hmm. um they're uh more consumer facing and even like customer facing yeah right um and so People want access to these models in more ways, um, and so you got these APIs served by these companies. You've got more capability to run things on your machine, um, and I, I think that's going to go further and further. Um, Apple's like M1 chips um, and M2, and now I think M3 even uh, make it even more possible to just do stuff on your laptop. Yeah, the thing, the thing to remember is that computers are going to keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Like GPUs, CPUs mm-hmm. are going to get better, and now that we have such a powerful tool at disposal that particular constraints it needs. A lot of the improvements with hardware we pointed around, you know, validating or supporting um, like the AI here. Yeah. More memory for people mm-hmm. in GPUs is a big thing. You know, that's yeah. one of the constraints that we're seeing and, and we're seeing more of that demand um, manifest in the products. Yeah. It's what we saw with graphics. Yeah. Right? We saw this huge thing where like everyone used to have like integrated graphics on their systems and then we sort of realized like, oh we need this extension part this 3d stuff that's kind of cool but not everyone needs it uh we went through like flash and then you went into like um actual like javascript things running in the browser very complicated client applications google maps suddenly mm-hmm. everyone's like oh i need graphics yeah like you know we have to have this on our on our systems um and so suddenly every computer in the world now has pretty significant graphics capabilities yeah um we're using it constantly even if we don't need it yeah. a lot of the time um and because uh, people love the feel like the feel of using something that has good graphics they just everything smoother quicker nicer mm-hmm. and i mean it's such a subtle difference um but uh, i think i remember back like early internet days when you loaded a single image mm-hmm. you do an internet search and it was like a high quality image. it was like cool this is a pokemon i remember Pokemon, I, was, yeah. I knew it was coming out the next generation of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Loading. Next level. Okay. I'm going to go with something else for a minute. <laughs> Come back. Well, it's almost unloading. And like you had to mentally prepare for that and get used to that. Yeah. But then when you start to have things where images loaded right away, mm-hmm. it wasn't just that, oh, this is nicer. Mm-hmm. It fundamentally changed our behavior around how we navigate the internet. 
Yeah. Um, things like galleries became relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, social media, or you can mm-hmm. have multiple images as well at once. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain constraints that impede our ability to, to explore um, place that as soon as we overcome them, we'll have different experiences. Yeah. Uh, not just faster old experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what we'll probably see with all AI related things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like the other thing that's really interesting about it is um, how will it get integrated into some existing solutions that we have, right? So like mm-hmm. when I think your graphics became much more powerful, now when you're building an operating system, a lot of things, if you can guarantee that there's always going to be a graphics card or a graphics processing unit or something mm-hmm. like that, now you can offload a lot of like different processes to that in, or think about processes in that space, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you can do think about things in that way, um, you can solve problems that you would normally solve on a uh, CPU, on a graphics card, right? Yeah. Um, and we saw that like huge with Bitcoin. We saw that huge with a lot of these different systems that, that really rely on graphics. So I'm sure we'll see the same thing with AI. AI processors, right? Yeah, like one of the rumors of the sim element, for example, is that um, we'll maybe talk about that more in the drama around that. Um, yeah. But uh, is working on like two new startups um, mm. outside of OpenAI. Mm. Um, one of them is working with Johnny Ive. I mean, it's a pretty strong rumor. Mm. Johnny Ive from Apple. Mm. He made an iPod, for example, a designer mm. around that, to make a harder product, um, oh, wow. like AI focused. Mm-hmm. Who knows what? Who knows other than that? And it's still like I think it just talks last I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one um, is uh, a hardware startup for like new chips mm. um, that are oh, more oriented around um, AI. Um, oh, you know what happened? That's funny. The camera. I think it caught me doing this with my hand. Yeah, and uh, focused. In. And it's <laughs> cut me out. It cut you out. Yeah. So let me adjust it. Um. Now we're a little off, but that's fine. That's fine. It's okay. So um, yeah, yeah. What we're we saying, we're saying something about um, mm-hmm. the hardware. Yeah, uh, the the chips. Yeah. So I think, I think the reasoning behind that, of course, is very sensible. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest constraints people have had this year mm-hmm. has been CPUs, yep. and Nvidia has really, really, really gotten a lot of valuation because of that. Mm-hmm. They hit a trillion. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like one of like eight companies, um, uh, and it's like sensible considering the situation right now. Yeah. Um, and they're going hard trying to make more and more of these products and mm-hmm. they've been selling more and more. I think I saw um, for the H100s, there's like a map and like both Microsoft and Facebook have purchased 150,000 yeah. um, H100s. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of companies have purchased like 50,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Google has their own um, a, um, chip effort. They have mm-hmm. their um, TPUs, mm-hmm. which are apparently very good. Um, mm-hmm. And they use a lot for some of the journey training TPUs, mm-hmm. the fusion of training TPUs. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I think the idea of more hardware players coming into the space is mm-hmm. completely sensible right now because, mm-hmm. um, there's a huge demand and it gets to the point where people like, like founders from the companies, their big thing that they had was cool. So I got a truck full of GPUs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that like that, that was like gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to change as mm-hmm. you know, a couple things happen. Number one, you know, you eventually are going to hit a point where, uh, the demand and the, the gold rush toward AI mm-hmm. might plateau a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe not significantly, but like you're not going to see like like 10x um, funding year over year for many more years. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. not unless um, we get something significantly more powerful than we have today, which right. I don't think we'll get next year at the very least. No. So we might see a little bit of a slowdown. Um, probably still go above this year, but not 10x or mm-hmm. anything close to that, right? Yeah. So um, I think that we'll probably see um, 
a slowdown of like demand and mm-hmm. supply will probably catch up very quickly mm-hmm. and the prices will drop mm-hmm. and that'll have its own opportunity you right. know as we have the ability to have much cheaper inference mm-hmm. have the ability to have much faster inference because there's much more supply in general right um you know all those things are going to play together um mm-hmm. you'll see the next version of like the and they already started working on the H200s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are just like double the memory. Basically mm-hmm. the same thing as the regular H1, but twice as the memory. Mm-hmm. All of this play into what we experience over the next mm-hmm. year or two in terms of how we interact with these things. I think it'll impact, for example, um, video a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the video is constrained by the fact that these GPUs are just barely able to handle the requirements. Yeah. So, so uh, random aside about video. Yeah. Actually. yeah. Um, one thing, and I really only, I'm not a big video guy. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we started a YouTube channel. It's been growing. That part, that part's been really cool. But aside from like just doing recording a video, I haven't really done a lot of like streaming a video. One thing that's very interesting about streaming video is like the bit rate. Mm-hmm. So the way that video gets streamed is it's a series of sort of like bits on the screen, right? Um, and as the screen changes, what we do is we send um, updates. And if the entire screen changes all at once, um, we kind of have to get it over a course of a couple frames. Mm-hmm. Like we just have to. Like like um, it, it it's too hard to send that much data that fast. Um, and so oftentimes you'll get like a downscale of resolution when that happens. Mm-hmm. So you'll get like these big blocky updates, um, and then it'll like like slowly kind of smooth out, right? Now that's why like if you ever seen like a New Year's re- like holiday um, celebration and you see a bunch of confetti falling down, suddenly your resolution drops, drops. like crazy, <laughs> right? Um, and, and I think that's really interesting because when we look at like DLSS and like AI upscaling, there's this really powerful capability for you to take a low resolution image mm-hmm. and upscale it to a high resolution image. Right. The biggest issue with um, streaming games is sort of similar, right? Yeah. You've got these games, you've got all these effects, you've got this crazy stuff, right? But you're kind of doing it like a Netflix model, right? Where you don't actually have the game running on your computer where your, your refresh rate is like instant to yeah. your screen, right? And you can send a ton of stuff to your screen right away. Instead, you're using an internet connection, so it's much harder. You need that fast response time too. But now if we use DLSS on that stream, right, to upscale it, suddenly we can get a much better resolution with a lot less data, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just going to change everything about streaming. I, I think we were working that. Have you ever heard the, the, the Journey CEO talking about this? Yeah. Um, um, he definitely um he envisioned the future um like gaming would be like how do you describe it um this is a box on your desktop that dreams up the for you <laughs> that's awesome yeah um, I mean, cool cool vision right? yeah. yeah i don't know when that was, you know, was right but I, it's becoming more and more um uh realistic to me as time goes on as you see as you see new streaming basically is just like um it's like it's almost like uh uh a window into um the potential future of this because yeah. when you say generate me an image of like a dog you know like mm-hmm. surfing or mm-hmm. whatever it may be mm-hmm. um what if you wanted a dog surfing game right um, <laughs> yeah. you just have to make sure that your controller maps to how the division updates mm-hmm. so if you move right mm-hmm. something behind the scenes is saying mm-hmm. up to the prompts mm-hmm. very quickly mm-hmm. you know we saw like real time prompts getting more yeah. realistic yeah. um and real-time video prompts like it mm-hmm. fast enough mm-hmm. in the near future yeah where it'll turn right I mean, especially especially when you think about your not having to generate the entire screen. Yeah. Right? You're like pushing this way on the controller. So it maybe just shifts the pixels in a way 
and they've got exactly. like an LLM for orchestrating things. Yeah. And then it draws the boxes of like what should change based on the previous record. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you can definitely imagine that, yeah, that could be totally possible where and what that means is that games right. games aren't gonna be um, in this world, they won't be just like these hardcore program things. Mm-hmm. They'll be very loosey goosey rules, mm-hmm. potentially. Mm-hmm. And you can fill in the blanks. I think we see a lot of this really cool stuff. I think mm-hmm. this is one thing, um, if I were to add one thing that's really interesting that I'm seeing in um, uh, the last few months is increasing experimentation around implementing LLMs into gaming mm-hmm. um, as like, not just about like dialogue tools, mm-hmm. but about like, like, like uh, runtime generators of like content. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a cool, uh, I think I saw this example, it's kind of silly, but like some a game where um, they were generating like, um, or like LLM generating, not randomly generating, mm-hmm. um, items that we drop in a game that we drop. Oh, items, cool. Right? Yeah. Depending on, you would love that. I would love that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Depending on the what's going on. It's yeah. cool. You, you, instead of like, you know, shanking a, a wild boar and getting mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it drops like money and it drops mm-hmm. like a spear. It's like, yeah. how did you have all these things on you? Um, <laughs> it drops things that are relevant to what it, what it, what it is. Right. And maybe even to the context of what you're trying to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's, a, again, very simple um, example, but like we'll mm-hmm. see much more uh, of this concept, even outside of games, yeah. this idea of very customized, very much to the user mm-hmm. um, um, content mm-hmm. uh, that happens on the fly for what you need. Right. Um, I think it's still a couple of years before that happens quickly and it's viable, mm-hmm. but we're talking about how hardware will get better in that yeah. time. We're talking about how software will get better in that time. Right. We're making smaller and faster. Mm-hmm. We already have these tension tools. Yeah. Uh, eventually we'll hit a point, an inflection mm-hmm. point, where the quality of the models mm-hmm. and the strength of the, of the hardware mm-hmm. will be so high that it'll be like the difference between having the image load over you know 10 seconds or 15 seconds mm-hmm. on your screen mm-hmm. to having a gallery of images mm-hmm. and video playing all at the same time because mm-hmm. you can just handle that now right, right. um if the same kind of um let's say expansion of probability for um image video language generation yeah um what kind of continuing image about experiences like yeah yeah absolutely that's i mean that's on the wild end for sure yeah um yeah because that you end up meeting like a lot of different systems in there. I think we're usually rich just the video. Like say, say, say <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. only what's on screen. It'd be nonsense. It'd be nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But it would be kind of cool. I, mean, yes. I feel like um, it, what it might be like is uh, you remember it's like, it's like um, uh, music generators. Yes. Where like you have like this beat and it kind of like makes visuals based on like the music. I yeah. feel like you could already build something really cool. Maybe. Brand new genres of like games, yeah, that are like a combination of like game and art and mm-hmm. and like video and audio that are just like I don't know, like vibing, the vibing, with you. whatever's going on, <laughs> yeah, is there with you, it's listening to the your audio, it's, yeah. it's aware of what's going on, yeah, enough to give give the uh, beats, so to speak, yeah, and it builds around that, right? I feel like that could be a whole new, a whole new thing. Um, one thing that this conversation reminded me of there's a there's a two minute paper episode where they talk about um, GPT building a one dollar game. Yeah. Have you seen that paper? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. It's really cool. So what they do is they they build a team of agents. Oh, effectively. I, I think I think I have heard of this, but I didn't yeah. explain it yet. Yeah, yeah. So they have like a CEO mm-hmm. or like a project lead. They have like a dev, a QA, um, a, a designer, um, a marketer, mm-hmm. um, and then I think they have like a couple engineers too and stuff like that. Anyway, they um, they build this team and they go through like the waterfall software development model. Right, so they build a plan of like what the game should be, how it should work, 
they kind of iterate on that, get feedback. When they're ready, they hand it off to design. Design goes and builds the designs for the game. Then that goes to the program. Once programmers program it, and then it goes to QA. QA debugs it and like checks it, and then like marketing kind of like finally like wraps it up and does a little copy and things mm-hmm. like that, right? Um, and that's one crazy that it like can go through this. You can do process. any of that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it can yeah, do yeah. any of that. But at the end, you get a you get a fun actual functioning game yeah <laughs> you know which is which is awesome you know it's so cool um and uh and it, and it costs a dollar a lot yeah to do that it's like, right. like inference costs yeah and i mean we're not talking about like crazy games we're talking about like tetris arcade tetris yeah, yeah. breakout that sort of stuff right but describing um these also aren't pulling um existing game no. and writing the code it's actually like if you give it a novel game concept it will create a novel game i think i saw yeah. I heard this in one of our last episodes was some someone did a simple prompt a single prompt it wasn't like a full game it was like make me a combination of like um uh this game called like like something life uh, theory of life or something like that it's an mm-hmm. old game where oh, like conway? Um, game of life game of life conway's game of life i think yeah that's the one right oh, okay yeah that's um, the one with like the, the pixels and it, it, yeah. it it's like a it's supposed to be a model for how uh, rabbits uh, uh, breed. And, breed. And, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So there's that and um, um, asteroid. Oh, so interesting. So it made it yeah. wow. for a, a combination of those two. Yeah. And it worked and it played. Yeah. Um, wow. And um, yeah, that's, there's novelty in that. It's not entirely novel. It's literally saying here's two <laughs> things combined yeah. into a new thing. Yeah. Um, but combination of novelty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that, that kind of speaks to the fact that um, the opportunities that you have with this are mm-hmm. um, quite high. Yeah. And again, it's this is on the same curve. If you try the same thing with an older version like 3.5 GPT yeah. or like an older GPT two, mm-hmm. uh, would it work? Yeah, probably not. Probably GPT two yeah. definitely not. Yeah. Um, I just want to too small. Mm-hmm. The concepts and the ability to understand instructions are very very low. 3.5, maybe to some degree, but I imagine yeah. it'd be much 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 more difficult. Right. For my tests, I'm trying to think. Like, um, I've tried like a lot of things where I take making a little mini app um, with 3.5 and 4. Mm-hmm. 3.5 just can't do. It and fails much more often than four does. Mm-hmm. So if you continue down this path, I think there's more opportunity in that regard. Mm-hmm. Improvements that happen, better GPUs, better models, bigger mm-hmm. models, higher quality content output, more mm-hmm. learning, more techniques, all these mm-hmm. things, they'll add up in the future mm-hmm. without, um, you know, there's no guarantee, of course, but yeah. if it continues, mm-hmm. one in which maybe you can get a C kind of game. Yeah. Maybe more like an indie game. Right. Um, right. And maybe not from there, you can go to like, cool, now we have video generation attached to this entire system. Yeah. And they can also make you even nicer games. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, it's one of those things, and who knows is like perfect. Like, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, because we see all this stuff um, and no one really knows where it's going. Yeah. No one really knows what the possibility is. I, I think I think we all have takes on it. It reminds us of history. It reminds us of before. But we all kind of have trouble in that, like, we, no one knows where this is actually going. Uh, absolutely, I think I think this is like the the, the challenge also for a lot of people who are like mm-hmm. investing in this team yeah. is that um, you can bet on there's a hundred thousand horses that are racing. Yeah, it's not just like one or two. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways this can go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some trends you kind of look at and see which kind of horses are the, that are like the color that are. <laughs> Likely win, yeah. or like maybe you think they're likely win, mm-hmm. but there's still so many options. Yeah. You can say, "Cool, I think it's gonna go down this path where you can make your own video games," yeah. and we hit a wall in a mm-hmm. year. That's gonna take ten years for us to get past. Let's yeah. say so that becomes unviable. Mm-hmm. But maybe some other path you can consider mm-hmm. um, is like so cool, works so well, and no one thought. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe one dude, he's now 
billionaire, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, this, yeah. Is a, this is a hard risk in situation mm-hmm. is that there's like, there's no way to know the future. Yeah, for sure. And and I think like, were, were we to ask like, okay, when's a AI going to run our traffic lights? Who knows? Like, like I mean, it, it, when we have some determinism <laughs> about like, this probably won't kill people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or it can actually follow like a basic rule set that then it kind of like, does optimizations on top of that would be interesting, right? Yeah. And, and so there's some interesting potential for where these things are used. One, um, I heard about this company um, that I think is really interesting that does um, uh, customer support effectively. So they're a customer support, it's called ADA. Um, yeah. ADA AI. yeah. Yeah. And they, they do this customer support. They actually do it well, simple. I think they're, they're a strong company. Yeah. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, anyway, shout out. Uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, effectively, it's really interesting because when you think about how customer support has evolved, customer support used to be something that was in-house, yeah. right? It, it started out as this like, very like in-house um, thing, and, and it didn't get reinvented. It just got exported, yeah. right? Now it became external to the company. And then you got these kind of chatbots, the previous generation of chatbots, which is very like programmatic structuring. Yeah, they're just like a, a, like a flow chart yeah. with some text. Yeah. yeah, you're calling up and they're like, okay, if you have this problem, press one. If you have this problem, press two. Yeah. That's like very basic programming. Yeah. The more advanced ones like Twilio, where you have like, um, I'm in the, in the chat and you can just say, hey, it's like, hey, what's your problem? And you answer and it'll give you the most likely path. Yeah. Right? And so that's, that's like a little bit better. Um, but this one is very like more advanced and it tracks like resolution and like did the problem actually get resolved yeah. or not, right? So they do these interesting things. Um, and I think that space, when they talk about it, I, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about it and, um, and a, a customer support request where they're answering a question costs most call centers $10 per for like one question. Damn. <laughs> you know, and if you think about large context requests using an LLM, um, they can be up to $50 for one question. But when you think about it from a call center perspective, it's actually like, okay, maybe that's actually not that bad. Getting getting closer to like matching the, the requirements and they're yeah. getting, and like not all of them are gonna be that large context right. and they're getting um, cheaper over time. Mm-hmm. So if you are smart and you think this is gonna trend for the next year or so, mm-hmm. um, and it drops down by one tenth, mm-hmm. uh, which is not even a crazy amount. Like we've seen that happen before. Mm-hmm. What cost of brands? Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes from fifty to five. Yeah, now half the cost of mm-hmm. um, what a human cost. Right, um, and then you, does it again? It's a dollar mm-hmm. or like less than a dollar. Suddenly, it becomes the only option if you're mm-hmm. if you're in customer service. Yeah. it's like I'm literally spending a hundred times more <laughs> to do this thing that this thing does, if not as well, maybe close enough that that yeah. difference is important. I think that I think that's a challenge. Is like mm-hmm. um, a lot of the cost benefit analysis here is even if a human is a bit better, mm-hmm. like 10% better, mm-hmm. if the cost of using an LLM system mm-hmm. is one tenth the cost, yeah. um, it's a no brainer. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think that's a big piece of it. The other piece is and so that so like from a from a technology of evolution perspective, there's that aspect, which is, okay, we have this existing solution, we're gonna make it better with technology, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have an existing solution for uh, Uber, taxi, right? Mm-hmm. You could call a taxi. You could use an app for a taxi. That all existed before Uber. Right. But Uber made it more generally available and it made anyone be able to be a driver. So, yeah. you know, it changed it a little bit, but the base thing is still pretty much the same. Right. When you add like courier on top, when you add these other things on top, when you actually 
use the platform to extend it, that's where it changes. And I think when you look at this like customer support with an LLM perspective, mm -hmm. you can do interesting other mm -hmm. things on top of a customer support platform. That you couldn't do because of the constraints of a human run model. Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and it's normal because humans mm -hmm. have requirements, needs. They yeah. have um, mental, intellectual, mm -hmm. health constraints. Mm -hmm. Can't stay up all night. Yeah. Um, For instance, I remember I was at a, a Sephora and we were going through checkout and um, there's a cashier and she had a tally sheet I saw. And she asked us, like, did somebody help you today? And then she marked something on the tally sheet. Yeah. And so they're doing tracking, but they're manually. Manually, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and that's something that is, like, hard, one, hard to remember to do. Um, and then two, like, you, you're limited by how much data you can actually get. Yeah, right? it, it, what if the person goes to the bathroom and they, <laughs> and they miss um, yeah. something and helped right. or asking a question to somebody? Yeah, or somebody else takes them to the register and they thought that they were counting people who weren't. Yeah, yeah, but they were yeah. people who work. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> like, there are all sorts of data challenges here. Um, there's a big brother end of this where, yes. you know, you don't want certain things tracked because it feels very like, oh, you don't really even trust me to do my job. Yeah. So there, there's that aspect. But I think there's also a uh, another end here where it's like, hey, like, get much, more, much better data out of regular things that we already do um, that can give us phenomenally better experiences yeah um if we can get that information yeah i was i was looking at some some data as to like um this relationship i was talking to somebody else who was writing some blog posts about ai mm -hmm. and we're looking into sort of um he did all the research about like mm -hmm. how ai impacts um like even all kinds of like more rudimentary ai models mm -hmm. that are just like um face tracking mm -hmm. uh, or like um rfid tags mm -hmm. sort of like um basic system mm -hmm. um around like health and safety and, and mm -hmm. wellness of, of employees in a, in a workplace. Mm -hmm. um, and like some of the examples that were, that were kind of roughly given would be the things like um, construction sites have like certain kinds of like um, accidents that happen mm -hmm. all the time, right? Mm -hmm. um, dangerous place, right? Yeah. What if you had models that are, that are built into like cameras that are on site mm -hmm. that are built into like sensors on the wall that are mm -hmm. built in sensors on the helmet or the clothes mm -hmm. that's kind of just keeping a general track of everything. Mm -hmm. And you say, oh, okay, well this area high risk right now mm -hmm. it knows that from like, previous data mm -hmm. and the person people are not walking with their helmets because they mm -hmm. see a camera mm -hmm. i should like send an alert on the phone and say hey just wear your helmet right uh and suddenly you see um over time uh, one of these kinds of um they saw that like there's like a 75 percent reduction in workplace accidents right with this kind of system yeah yeah but you also have to contend with people who are like this is big brothery mm -hmm. and it's really hard to balance that out it's like it i'm literally saving lives eventually with this right. technology but I don't have to attract you for it. Mm -hmm. I think people often think that anybody who does this assume that it's malice, pure non malice, right. which is going to get a little two dimensional. Yeah. I think a lot of the times people are really just trying to make their work better, make mm -hmm. their employees safer, mm -hmm. trying to make more money. It's mm -hmm. not malice, it's just yeah. the, the normal thing you do with any yeah, company. For sure. Um, and uh, that ends up being um, not a black and white solution. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then it's like kind of like look at um, what it means if you were to implement mm -hmm. um, more AI, more software. To track and only things. Yeah, exactly. I, I think this is also where, when you think about jobs too, with with AI, the, it's not a clear picture. I think yes, it's going to take less people and less work to do what we're doing today. That's probably true, mm -hmm. um, but your competition just got harder. Yeah, <laughs> every company in the world just got access to significantly more stuff right yeah. and and so like for instance like customer success platform right how many companies in the world can 
afford a call center? Right. Right. How many companies can afford a million dollar call center to be able to handle the kind of volume that they already have? How many people are going to work call centers? Like <laughs> yeah. Eventually you run into people who are going to do that job. Sure. Um, right. Even if you them more and more and more money, mm-hmm. you'll hit a limit. Right. Yeah. And, and also like the kind of work that they want to do in those call centers too. They want to deal with like actual challenging customer situations, mm-hmm. not like, do you guys offer refunds? Yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, like common questions. When, when's my package arriving? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think we kind of saw this with the websites and like um, Shopify, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every company in the world became a digital company and needed a website, mm-hmm. right? So suddenly... You have this like lack of web developers. Everyone's freaking out. They're like, "Oh my god, how do I get a how do I get a website?" And Shopify is like, "I mean, you can set it up. It's easy. It's you know pretty pretty free." You yeah. Know? Um, and then you've got all these like WYSIWYG builders. You got your Squarespaces. You've got your um, uh, Wix or or WordPress also as like other options. Um, now we're in a different space, right? Um, I think a lot of people aren't really looking at like websites. They're sort of looking at like affiliate linking or they're looking at like personal branding mm-hmm. and those sorts of spaces there's still like a website aspect to it but it's a lot more your your entity doesn't live on a site it lives like over the internet yeah it has social media presence mm-hmm. it has connection to like linkedin it has connections mm-hmm. to um mm-hmm. other systems and, and platforms and, and mm-hmm. like forums and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it wants to be everywhere at once right which requires often a human in the loop yeah exactly um and so now and, and, and that's the other thing too, is like now that you're everywhere at once, in order for you to take advantage of like different offerings or different, different, you know, capabilities, mm-hmm. um, how do you do that? Right. So like, even like, okay, so like our, our podcast, right. Um, I edited all the, all the videos. Um, we set up all the recording equipment, we did it all going, but then I use AI in order to be able to do, make the audio really well, um, edited, yeah. do a lot of post-processing on the audio. Um, I use a, uh, uh, an editor called Descript where I am able to actually like take the, um, recording and edit the text and the t- editing the text will edit the video. So I can, um, do some like advanced stuff with that. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I think I'm able to do two jobs in a way <laughs> I'm yeah. able to sort of be the host and the editor and I'm able to like optimize toward that in a way I wouldn't be able to before. And like, we wouldn't have paid before either, no. right? But now we're just able to like go from zero to sixty much faster, be much more competitive, be able to like really chase things down, and like, um, you know, it gives us a jump start. It gives new business a jump start, right? Right, and that's really what technology is sort of enabling, right? If you're the leading edge leader, you, you kind of carry a bit of additional risk mm-hmm. um, because you like that in one course, you might mm-hmm. do additional like effort and work to manage bugs and handle kinks and systems that are brand new. Yeah. Um, but you get the opportunity to kind of get the door and have like savings in terms of cost or scalability. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and that's also true of like the, the, the long running top end businesses are just optimizing for profit really Yeah. because they have an existing solution that works in the market. They don't need to change that solution. Right. So they can look at cost savings. They can look at delivering it to that same customer group for less. Right. Even like uh, we're talking about open AI. Yeah. They're doing the same thing, right? They've got an existing product that works really well. They've got they've got a huge chunk of market captured. So, like, let's save some cost savings, right? Um, and I bet they made it significantly cheaper, even beyond what the customer sees, right? Yeah. <laughs> of course, just to, like, you know, they, they're going to start up with it. Of course, right? right? Because yeah. they don't want to leave money. And yeah. if they were before, then they have to get to 
stay profitable yeah. for the sake of actually even mm -hmm. the customers to some degree. Yeah. If they're not profitable and they lose too much money, then mm -hmm. there won't be a product anymore. Yeah. Um, that constant balance is a, is a challenge, but it's an integral one. Yeah. Important, important for like, you know, actually moving forward. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. I was talking about yeah. AI on OpenAI's um, um, drama recently. What are your thoughts yeah. on what happened there? So I think it's interesting. Um, I think it definitely plays into how people feel confident or not confident about OpenAI mm -hmm. more than anything else. Um, I think the reality for devs is I don't think it matters too much. Um, I think it could matter long-term, but I think mm -hmm. short-term it's like the APIs are still up. We're still kind of going on. There's still, there's still stuff. way too much pressure for that to go down anytime. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so I think from, from that perspective, and I think, you know, OpenAI has always been like focused around the research piece. There's this commercial entity that's growing, building GPT, GPT store, that space. So you've got this sort of commercial push. But that's kind of like a marketing arm. Mm -hmm. Separate company. And this is, I think, you part, know. Of the, part of the challenge that they had yeah. is that um, they're trying to balance those two things out. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, like, I was reading more and more, and more information that's been coming out recently about like, right. what happened. And it seems basically like at, at the, the core of it, mm -hmm. um, like the board was not happy with some of the behavior of Sam around, mm -hmm. like, um, well, like, and he was unhappy with the board. Yeah. Um, and uh, so he behaved a certain way to try to, like, you know, change the situation. Mm -hmm. And they didn't like how that did that. And they were like, we want to oust you from the company and not even off just the board, the company as well. Right. Um, but then that caused his own problems and mm -hmm. the whole thing blew up. Right. Um, he ended up getting what he wanted to some degree. The person who was on the board that he wanted to, to remove, remove, not yeah. removed rather. Mm -hmm. um, and now we have a new board and, um, uh, or like the beginning of a new board. And mm -hmm. they're going to add more people, of course, over time. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like all, all of that is just like, um, it's such a such a such a dramatic thing to happen in a, a company that is um kind of on this like ro rocket ship ride to the moon right now yeah you know like everyone's talking about it it's getting mm -hmm. it's very popular it's, mm -hmm. it's it's just this huge huge company yeah and um it does remind me that it's still very human right. um humans in the loop yeah they're still having very human problems mm -hmm. they're not liking each other mm -hmm. <laughs> and then yeah. fighting for that right <laughs> um yeah. And uh, yeah, you're right. The confidence does get shaken there, but that's mm -hmm. a good thing. In the end. What do you think this does to like sort of Microsoft? Microsoft is a little bit nervous. I think about this. Microsoft has their own internal research, and they're working on you know having I think um, their own um, models. They have their own uh, uh, like backup plans, I guess mm -hmm. you'd say, mm -hmm. um, in case. Well, like, number one, they don't really own OpenAI. You know, mm -hmm. OpenAI is working towards essentially like buying out of their loan mm -hmm. that, that, that that Microsoft has. Mm -hmm. um, and, but they're like the primary like partner. In, mm -hmm. in a very, very, really, very unique relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think Microsoft would rather they own OpenAI. True. Uh, of course they would. They're a large company and they're, and they're betting a lot of money on this company, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but uh, do you see, like, say, say they did acquire OpenAI through some, some means, would you see this being something that they pull closer into the organization? Yeah. Or do you see this a lot more like games where they, where like, sort of like acquiring studios, they're letting it run independently and not really trying to market it too much. Yeah. Like Microsoft kind of figured that out at this point. They have, I think for writers, number one, like, you know, uh, when Sam Altman was fired and he wasn't anywhere, they were mm -hmm. offering him a brand new, exactly a brand new studio. Mm -hmm. But like it would be under him to, to run internally. Mm -hmm. um, for, I think one of the core reasons that honestly a lot of the best 
AI researchers don't work at that Microsoft. Sure. They want to work at like a dedicated AI shop. Right. Um, and uh, that's much more viable when you have separate entity. Um, right. So I think I think Microsoft still do that. Yeah. But they still wholly own Xbox. Yeah. They still wholly own these companies. Right. So they can come in and make very important decisions for mm-hmm. E2. Yeah. Um, where they can't really do that with AI. Right. Uh, although they, they have demanded to be on the new board, they don't have a building seat, but they have a seat on I think Satya, uh, or Satya and Nutella, I can say his name. Yeah. I keep saying Nutella, but it's, it's <laughs> not that. Satya and Nutella. Yeah, yeah. Satya and Nutella, no. Satya. I'll just say Satya. But, yeah. um, I, think, I think he's going to be on the board yeah. um, without a voting um, right, but just so he's like, I want to keep eyes on everything all the time. Right, right, right. Um, you know, like this is this is like a very complicated thing. I think this is an opportunity for competitors for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know, like the the there's the the rumor Google Gemini, which is probably I think I last heard was mm-hmm. supposed to be actually out next week, which is like mm-hmm. right now December December second, third today. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like announced oh, um, in, in a week, but uh, they it's put on the information you got delayed until January mm-hmm. for some sort of more language. Um, oh, okay. So. We'll see more about that in the future, but I think that that'll be that. I think when that happens, I think when the whether it's Google or not, the next model that is at par or better than before mm-hmm. um, will kind of really, um, if it's not out of OpenAI, it's going to really shake up the industry. I think for a lot of developers, mm-hmm. um, they don't really care yeah. where the model comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, some do. Um, some are like, I don't care if OpenAI, I don't care if it's Azure, Google some no-name company, Anthropic, it doesn't matter as long as it works the way I want it to. Right. Um, so uh, I don't know, I mean, there's that, there's that discussion that people talk about like early on in the summer about like the moat that mm-hmm. everyone might have. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, there's yeah. A, yeah, a strong moat around models. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the moat really comes from the researchers. Right. Like to your point, that's the core of OpenAI, right? Mm-hmm. They have a lot of strong researchers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see, we'll see uh, what things look like here mm-hmm. in that regard. But I think overall the drama around OpenAI right now, you're right, shaking people's confidence, giving people's like faith with the better word to use, yeah. which is good. Yeah. You don't want to have to have faith in a company. Yeah. That's not a real thing to have. Companies yeah. have all that happen to them. Mm-hmm. And if you believe too much and too hard, mm-hmm. um, and, and you have these high expectations, you may get disappointed. Yeah. Right. Um, better to hedge your bets, better to have like, you know, like plan B, C's and D's and D's, mm-hmm. um, and try to, you know, really think about, um, how you can keep working as your own company, your own, you know, how to keep your own goals kind of uh, moving forward, yeah. um, even if someone from AI they go away. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I think we'll definitely see that. I mean, I, I think there's enough people now. Uh, Microsoft shares are up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, shareholders are sort of now looking and they're like, "Hey, what's going on over there? Like this, this looks really promising. We love that yeah. you're in this place. We love that how much you're doing with it." But get that things figured out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like, we can tell that you're working on it, but figure it out, you know? Like, um, and so I, I think it will get fixed, um, which is which is interesting. Um, I think this is a, a good wrap-up. Yeah, totally. I think we, we got through most of the major pieces that we wanted to talk about. I yeah. think we could go into depth. We could go into a bunch of other... going forever. It's a million things. things that are interesting <laughs> yeah. that about, right? Yeah. Uh, but this is a good place, you know, that yeah. we've kind of caught up. Yeah. Um, I think that we'll probably have a very interesting new year. Mm-hmm. Um, with new things happening. Yeah. Um, you know, 2024 is around mm-hmm. the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see all kinds of wonderful things. Yep. Maybe the next episode we can kind of talk about what we think is going to happen next year, mm-hmm. what our predictions are. Yeah. I think that's going to be very um, fun. 
Yeah. And it's not, and I don't want to say how wrong I am. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Come in with hot takes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know we'll we'll go. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be back when we're back. Yeah. I'll see you soon. Bye.